We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friend group therapy. It's been a week since we've had one of these kind of green rooms. I'm Kirk Henderson, editor-in-chief of MavsMoneyBall.com. You are joining me after a third straight Friday night loss by these Dallas Mavericks, because that's how we decide to kick off our weekends with losses. Um, not really sure where to go with this one. This is the Mavericks. Uh, when the Mavericks get beat, Apparently, these days, they get their asses beat. You go look at some of the losses they've taken, and they've not been uh, contested losses. They've been losses where they've been bullied from pillar to post, usually from the opening tip. And this game was no different, where the Mavericks simply looked to sleep. They have some built-in excuses, of course. Third game, four nights, three different cities. However, uh, when Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson show up, you would expect someone else to. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie did not. In fact, Spencer Dinwiddie looked alarmingly like the Spencer Dinwiddie uh, that we all saw um, before the trade that the Wizards fans saw. And if you're reading any of the post-game quotes, uh, particularly from um, like Contavious Caldwell Pope, um, they don't like him. Uh, and they have their reasons, but they used it as motivation and blew the doors off the Mavericks. Um, as uh, multiple people pointed out, the Mavericks suck in revenge games in that they always are the ones getting revenged upon. It's it's not uh, it's not very fun. Um, alas, here we are. So I'm going to start bringing people up. We'll try to keep this. Uh, we're going to keep this one short because I, I don't want to bitch and moan for an hour. But we'll see where things go. Um, coming up first, let's go with Christian. How you doing, Christian? Hey, um, yeah, frustrating uh, night. Um, I guess the one thing I'll say, I mean, there's, there's not really much to to say. Everyone kind of sucked. Uh, lazy, lack of energy. It felt like, it felt like a last year game. It, it really did. It, it was just like. There was one shot in particular that really just frustrated me, and it was uh, – who was it? I think it was Kispert at the corner. We were starting to make a little run before half, playing a little bit well, and no one closed out. 
And it's like, all right, whatever. That's frustrating in and of itself. There's four of our guys in the paint and none box out, which I think it was Rui or Daniel Gafford comes in between all four of them, grabs it and puts it back very easily. And I think that encapsulated the night in the sense of just, again, no energy um, and just uh, getting beat. And yeah, and that's what I that's what I mean by the built-in excuses. I mean, this is where I think I said this after the Wolves lost, but it's worth saying again. When the Mavericks traded KP, and I did not expect Spencer Dinwiddie to be very good, these were these were the kind of things I would have afraid of. Now Spencer's obviously shown up. Bullock's turned into a heck of a player. But it's just wild looking at that box score when you see that that Luca and Brunson score all the points and everyone else is just out there running around. I mean, I don't I don't understand. Like Dorian Finney Smith had two shots at one point halfway through the third quarter. You know, uh, Brian pointed out in the in the chat that like Luca wasn't getting people going, and and you know I I can't really speak to that. I, sometimes it's I feel like he's making passes and no one's hitting shots, and it's just. It's a little column A, a little column B, and and it's you know the they had 14 assists on 34 made field goals. That's bad. You need to be at like 50, percent and that that's when that's what the Mavericks have been in a lot of these games. So, you know, I don't know. I, I find myself um, frustrated, but not entirely surprised. I, I feel like one one of these games was going to be. Yeah, and and to be fair to that that last point someone in the chat mentioned was Luca was getting absolutely hacked. Well, I mean, going to the Tony rim. Brothers is a shit-tastic and, clown show who threw out Austin Rivers the other night. Like he is an objectively yeah. shitty NBA ref, and I doubt he will be in the league for that much longer. Like he's only getting. Yeah, it was, and to be clear, that's not the reason we lost this game. Oh no, yeah, like, they were already this, done. <laughs> Yeah, the Wizards were hitting literally everything. We weren't defending. We ran some awful plays. But Luka going to the rim, there was like five or six calls midway through the second quarter that were blatantly obvious where he's literally getting smacked and nothing was happening. The time he was basically pushed in the back and then called for a travel. I mean, there's a lot of things that went went wrong tonight and then for the Mavs coaching staff this is the last thing I'll say can we come to the realization at certain points I know we've had all these comebacks when it got up to like 25 or so in the early fourth or whatnot like we weren't winning we're playing three out of four nights and we play again Sunday morning and then we're going to be playing basically every other day can we rest the guys couldn't agree more could not agree more. I just I lost it on the on the podcast I just said with Josh. Like I want everyone to give Jason Kidd and, and the coaching staff their flowers, but this coaching staff loves keeping guys in. Now I, I get it; they don't want to get blown out even more, but it didn't matter in this game. <laughs> they kept the starters in and still got their asses beat. Exactly. Like it it was just bad. We have a tendency. We've done this, like you said, all year. And especially as we head towards the playoffs, like I heard it was mentioned, like, go, you know, sitting some guys versus uh, the the Pistons and the Blazers. I would caution against the Pistons. This team since the break isn't some pushover. Um, so I, well, I Marvin Bagley, uh, Marvin Bagley make, looking like. A- 
Yeah, the the team Cade is fantastic, and they got a, a few decent pieces over there, young pieces. Right. Um. So I caution against that, but appreciate you bringing me up, Kirk. You know, sure hope- thing, buddy. Yep. We'll talk soon. Okay, let's go to my man Brandon. What's up, buddy? Hey, Kirk. Long time no talk. Uh, you know, honestly, not terrible. I don't actually really want to talk about this game too much. It's uh, I, I think I know. I haven't really talked much recently in the on these because I kind of know like what this team is at this sure. point. The defense needs energy. Like it's all about movement and communication. This team is just running on fumes, like we were just talking about. So just trying to make it to the end of the regular season healthy. That week off for the play-in tournament that we won't be in will be much needed, and you know, kind of we'll see where we land. I'm more interested in the uh, nugget that uh, Tim McMahon talked about today on the Low Post podcast. Oh, sure. So... I guess anybody who didn't hear, uh, apparently the Mavericks are going to be super interested in Rudy Gobert this offseason, assuming that the uh, Jazz are, you know, going to blow it up. And uh, I would like to express my or I, I give my give my take here, not just because. So I I, I don't want this. Okay, just to be clear, uh, not just because I don't like Rudy Gobert because he's annoying. Not just because of the normal albatross contract, you know, his value goes down in the playoffs, etc. I think my hot take is that if he comes to the Mavericks, he will not be as effective because as a Maverick, he will not get away with fouling the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So let me just throw some hilariously cold water on this this whole thing. News report: Dallas Mavericks interested in potential trade partner, uh, potential uh, available player who is a multi-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Like, let's just Dallas Mavericks interested in very, very good basketball player. Like, duh, is kind of my first takeaway. My second takeaway, once you move past, like the, of course, they should be interested in a good basketball player, is. He would make Rudy Gobert a 20-point-per-game 20, 20 guy. Rudy Gobert is one of the best screeners in the NBA. If Luka would use a screen now and again instead of just running around it, he and Luka would be a devastating pick-and-roll combo. Um, the Dallas Mavericks have to change how they play defense because I don't think he can – You know, he's a big guy. I don't think they could scramble. Um, that's the tactical start, but I, I, think it would, I think it would be very, very good on, from a basketball sense. The final point I will say is that Rudy Gobert and, and Jordan Bardess of Mavs Moneyball pointed this out. Um, Rudy is a, a, a horrendous vibes guy. Um, he says all the wrong shit. He, he's poor Zingas on steroids when it comes to media stuff. Like, he would drive us fucking crazy. And I get he doesn't like playing with Mitchell. I get it. But it's, at some point, he just, like, the man says things, and it's like, oh, my gosh, you cannot say this after every loss, Rudy. You can't do it. And he's been doing it for like two years. Um, and then finally, probably the most important thing is I don't see how the heck it would happen. <laughs> the Mavericks just don't have anything to trade unless he's like, I want to go there and you need to do right by me. Um, that That's. No, I, I definitely agree with that last point. Um, I mean, again, we just don't ever have assets, but yeah, I mean the, the Porzingis comparison, that's exactly what I was thinking about earlier as well. It's just like he, 
I mean, just constantly puts his foot in his mouth all the time. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I would not be able to stand having to root, root for him. I, I sure. get the basketball aspect of it, but I think as this season has kind of shown, pure talent and, you know, theoretical fit doesn't, isn't always the most important thing. Like I, I'm still okay with them pursuing it. You got to do your due diligence. And if a guy like that is available, but it's just, you understand, like if they going in all in for Rudy Gobert means that's the, that's the choice. There's not any other moves. Like that's it. That's the guy you're, you're saying, okay, this is the guy that he were pairing with Luca for the rest of his contract. And if it doesn't work out, Luca's likely going to demand a trade at some point See, if it doesn't work it, out. And, and that's, an, that's my problem with it. So like, again, due diligence, totally fine with if, like I said, the jazz happened to blow it up and you know, who knows? We, we've seen stars go for way more or way less than what they're potentially worth. So who knows what it would cost, but going all in, on Rudy Gobert, I, I'm fully against. I, I do not think that's going to age well, and I think that's going to be, like you said, kind of the nail in the coffin. That Sh- shout out, shout out to our man uh, Shamark in the uh, in the chat saying, "Can we trade for the Latvian guy on the Wizards?" Excellent, excellent trolling. <laughs> I really <laughs> love that. Uh, well, that, that's all I got. But uh, yeah, again. Rudy would magically not be a defensive player of the year because he would actually foul out every game. Well, yeah, yeah, because we just get called differently. Thanks, buddy. Talk soon. Later. All right. Coming up next, uh, I got someone who messaged me and said he had a hot take to get off. So so let, let's let our man, uh, Luca the Goat, here. Um, get, press the unmute button and then uh, fire away your hot Okay. So, you know, stereotypical game. We start, you know, down by 10. Usually this coaching staff thinks we can come back. You know, we get it to 12, we get it to 9. Lucas starts talking to a fan in the crowd, then KCP wants to hit a three in his face. You know, third quarter, we have that big run. The Wizards, you know, throwing the ball between people's legs. Everything's going our way. And then Dinwiddie wants to, you know, Dinwiddie gets fouled, pushed in the back by Porzingis. Instead, it's a travel. Then we heave up some threes. Next thing we know, we're down by 19. But that's not what I want to talk about. Um, looking at the Warriors schedule, I mean, if you look at it, it's like, oh, you know, they should kind of win out besides this jazz game coming up. But I mean, they go against the Lakers, the Pelicans and the Spurs, all three teams desperately trying to get in the play. And plus, compared to how the Mavs will probably play this out, I don't really think they care where they end up in the standings, because I think no matter what, they're going to have to end up resting some guys. They're going to have to give Draymond a game, maybe two. Wiggins a game or two, possibly even Poole, just because, you know, he's kind of been carrying the offensive load the past month and a half or so since Curry's been out. But, okay, this is just off topic. But have you noticed, I don't know if this is just me or just Luke is actually, you know, being a good free throw shooter, but in his past three games, I think he's 20 for 21. And it seems to me, instead of just getting the ball, doing a stereotypical two dribbles and, you know, heaving one up, it seems to me like he's been uh, getting the ball, taking a deep breath, closing his eyes, collecting himself, kind of like similar to what Donovan Mitchell does, but not to that extent. I don't know. It seems to be working out. You know, I, I will have to look for this. This is a fun take. I've not – I feel like when it comes to Luka and shooting, it's it's like uh, – and, and, and be it free throw shooting or free throw shooting. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, three-point or free throw. Um, 
if you talk about it, it's like talking about a perfect game in baseball. <laughs> like I'm afraid if we bring it up, he's going to miss like, he'll go next game and go like three for seven or something. Yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, for him, it's, it's like weird. He has, when he shoots free throws, sometimes it's, it looks like he's Steph Curry at the line. And then sometimes where he looks like a, a, a center shooting a free throw where the form is around. Well, see, this is what makes like, what separates Luca from the majority of NBA players and even fellow superstars is when he chooses to get better at something, he does. The the example that I, I most go to, and I would love for some of our Slovenian friends to comment on this, and I don't this is not a slight, but one of the pre-draft things about Luca was that he was right hand dominant. You know, he was playing off ball more when he was playing with Real Madrid. He wasn't always the point guard. He didn't necessarily have a left hand. And if you think back to Luca's rookie year, his handle was magnificent. Okay. And it was already unbelievable. And it's gotten better since. But he came into the league extremely comfortable with that left hand. So between when he was in, with Real Madrid and he finished that year a little heavy, he didn't look that great towards the end of the season. There were a lot of nitpicks about his game, which is how he fell to fifth because everybody's a moron. Um, but he fixed an element of his game. Between year one and year two, he all of a sudden became a dead-eye 15-foot shooter. He just fixes stuff once he gets enough time to commit to it. I mean, it's 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 a savant-type thing. It's really incredible. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. That's why I love watching him because there's, like, stuff that you can just, like, nitpick and point out where it's, like, for example, like, his floaters. He has times where it's like he looks like he's one of the worst floating packages in the league because, you know, there's no arc on the ball. It's kind of just a line drive. <laughs> like, it, it's insane. He's that. That's why, like, I love watching him so much because, like, when you watch, when you get to watch every single one of his games, it's like, man, he still has so much to improve on, and he's already a, a top seven player in basketball. You know? Those push shots are one of my favorite things about his game because if you've ever had the opportunity to shoot – baskets on a college hoop or on a professional hoop the rim tightness it makes a noise like where if you hit the rim the wrong way the ball just careens off and it's it's just wildly different than playing at like your local ymca or high school gym i'll just put it to you like this and when luca does these little dump off floaters that are like five foot away those shots are so extraordinarily difficult and he makes it look like butter it's incredible yeah um thanks for your time i'll let someone Oh, yeah, sure thing. Appreciate you coming up. I like that point about uh, the, the, the Golden State schedule. I will say that, that I don't, you know, we're going to be schedule watching because we're lunatics, but I, I don't think the Mavericks care because I don't think they can afford to care. They just need to hope to get there healthy and, and stuff like that. Okay, coming up next, Tyler. What's up, Kirk? Not much. What do you got for us? Well, I just wanted to start off with a positive and congratulate Maxi Kleba on hitting a three in front of me watching live for the first time since the beginning of March. So congrats to Maxi. Um, beyond that, a couple things. Luca playing 36 minutes and Bullock playing 34 minutes and a 30-point loss is a little concerning. Yeah, but I hate that, even though they've been doing it all year. It's just now it looks awful. Yeah, like it, it's just a bad look. Like This isn't like... I know they just had the soccer World Cup qualifiers. We don't get 
we don't get points here for losing by 32 instead of losing no, by 45. No, and like Kit was out of the game at that point. So it's like Sweeney has the ability to yank everybody and he just doesn't. It's like, what are you doing? Uh, maybe Kid took the uh, rotation charts with him or something. Like, I How about know. this? Put in all the put in all the less good players. Frank Nilakina is available. Boban is always ready. Sure. Point Boban. Let's do it. <laughs> and then um, I just get a little frustrated because – I don't think necessarily they worry about – I'm not worried about, like, uh, Utah or Golden State necessarily. I think we have to worry more about Denver coming and hawking us down for either the three or the four because they have two against the Lakers, the Spurs, and then a Grizzlies game, which, you know, will be a tough game. But with the way Jokic is playing, I just – it might be – if we fall to four, we might very easily fall to five. You do what you got to do. I, I, these guys are going to – like, I'm more interested in the team matchups, and I was listening to uh, – it was Rob Mahoney, my, my man Rob Mahoney, my first boss on, on the Bill Simmons uh, podcast today, and he was basically – you know, he didn't phrase it this way, but he talked about how, like, you start looking at these matchups, and it's essentially who can Luca bum hunt the most? And whether it's Jazz or Nuggets, he can just kick the shit out of all their guards is kind of what it comes down to. So it's it's really kind of a pick your poison with what you're interested in defensively. I think that the Nuggets the Nuggets scare me more because I think Jokic is the best player alive. Uh, the Jazz are probably a better team to play against because I think they're more likely to self-combust. But, you know, we're just going to play who we play and then, you know, see where the cards fall. Right. It's just, you know, you hear so much about, say, for example, if the Mavs do end up, you know, something bad happens in the first round and they lose – well, you're, oh, well, they got unlucky. They played Denver when, you know, the Denver was in the 4-5. Well, if you don't lose and get your absolute ass kicked by the Wizards by 30, then maybe you don't have to worry about that. It's, right. It's Take care of the stuff though. that's in front of you. That's what exactly. makes it so frustrating. Yeah, no, I get that. I agree. And then uh, one more thing. Can we talk about your guy Matt Moore's day on Twitter yesterday? I mean, yeah, why not? What do you want to talk about? He's, he's just a preference. Let's just give everybody some background. Matt is HP Basketball, works at the Action Network, comes on my podcast, has occasionally popped up on this show. Matt is one of my best friends in real life. Matt has 160,000 Twitter followers and likes to talk with people, loves talking basketball. He was a fan and became he's a gambling expert. He really does know basketball. He also probably spends too much time looking at stuff is, is my takeaway. He's also a Grizzlies fan, and he won't like me saying this. He doesn't believe he's biased. We are all biased. He loves Ja Morant. I don't blame him. Luca's better than Ja, in full stop. And so he sort of lost his mind about the the um, all of us, meaning fans, basically saying, okay, you think Ja's a better MVP candidate than Luca, and you're a moron. And he got tired of everybody saying that to him. And I, I just – I'm sorry. I, I told him this. I've talked to them since. I'm like, I'm sorry if I upset you. But in this circumstance, he doesn't have much of a case. Like, Ja Morant missing this many games – is a mark against him. Full stop. It, it was a mark against uh, uh, Joel Embiid last year against um, Jokic. Like, games played matters. And when you get to, like, how good some of these guys are, you have to parse. And, I, I, you know, I think you put Luka on the Grizzlies, and they're the title favorite. It's just a different team. Like, the Grizzlies have a terrible half-court offense, and John Morant's responsible for some of that. I don't know. It was a, It was a strange thing. It's like... That's why awards discussions, we all start to lose our minds because every one of us, and, and you're probably among the among us here, is like, 
we all don't like the fact that Luca's 2021 gets held against them. This is where I will agree with Matt. The 2021 part of the season matters, and Luca has played significantly better in 2022. The difference is, it's just, it's like, it, talking about fourth place MVP votes is kind of stupid. I'd rather talk about all NBA. And I think it's, I think it's Luca and Booker for the guard spots. That's my thought. What do you think? I, I have to agree with you there. And I, I think it's because a lot of people don't really realize just how many games Jaws missed. Like if for a lot of people who don't watch the Grizzlies on a daily basis, you'll look and see that he's missed almost 25 games at this point. Like people would be shocked by that. And I think, like you said, you do have to hold it against them. Just like you hold Luca's whole 2021 against them. It, it evens out, but I think Luca's peak has been so much more electric than jaw well, has been. And there's so also just like he's... recency bias. Like no, like, like uh, we have to be honest, like the guys who have played more recently and who have played more, like who have played better more recently are going to, you're going to remember that jaws had some absolutely astounding moments this season, that block against the Lakers. Oh my God. Some of his plays are just the most memorable parts of the season, seriously. But he's still – he's Icarus. Like, the man just – if you can only play 55 games a season, you're not going to be the MVP or an all-NBA player. Like, it's the same reason with Kevin Durant. Like, Kevin Durant might be better than all these guys, but he he was hurt for a long time. Exactly. And looking forward to the Bucks on Sunday. I mean, man, Giannis is a world killer. That's going to be such an entertaining game. I, my, someone in the chat was it Ethan? Someone in the chat when I when I said Jokic is the best player in the world, someone said, "Hey, hey, hey, what about what about uh, what about Giannis?" And yeah, okay, I don't the one A one B whatever you want to call it. Like Giannis is probably the most like moment to moment scarier player because he does that sort of shit where it's like, oh, he's gonna take a floater and a euro step and he just dunks the shit out of the ball. <laughs> he's such an amazing basketball player, like. He's got a three-point oh. shot and a 15-footer now. He's unbeatable. That step back he made last night against the Nets was – I didn't think he'd actually take the shot. Yeah. I mean, he, he's – this is my hot take. How, do, how does everybody like this? I think Giannis is going to go down as a top-five basketball player ever when he's said and done. Ever. I mean, he's – how old is he now, 27? Eh, something like that. He's just like he's he's gonna be able to like height's not gonna go away. His skills only gonna improve. He's he's gonna probably have a post peak. Like he's probably gonna have a physical prime for five more years. He's horrifying. He's Does already he the best already. Uh, I don't know. It's a good question. He's probably good this. for at least one or two more. Like it's just insane to think about what the future of this league is. Absolutely nuts between Luca Jokic. Giannis, Durant, it, it's yeah. insane. Oh, that's great. A new golden age of basketball. Katie, Katie says two MVPs and a Finals MVP. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's just it, the reason I say it's a hot take is because it feels crazy to say it about a 27 year old. Because like something something bad can happen tomorrow. It's just it's 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 just there's so many good players. So to say top five is wild. It's just I I just man I just love watching Giannis play basketball. Like you 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 can see why why Donnie Nelson in included the fact that uh, Mark Cuban wouldn't let him draft Giannis in his lawsuit. (laughs) (laughs) Tyler, you got anything else? Oh, no, man. That was, uh, that was good to get the mind off of the debacle that we just watched. That's why we do these though. Y'all are going to love who's coming up next. Talk to you soon, Tyler. All right. See ya. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
Hey, buddy. How you doing, Akiva? Welcome my back. Friend, my friend, I, w I was in the old, I'm still in the old town of yours uh, today. So what What do you think? Uh, this, this is this was a good game for uh, uh, for your, your coach kid. What are you doing takes? Because uh, he did not, none of the coaching staff had a Number one uh, anti-coach kid uh, comment is me and Josh, my son-in-law, we're sitting there with 20, 27 points down with seven minutes left. And Luca is in the game, and we're looking at each other. Are you guys nuts? And I, Kirk, I don't want to hear that the kid was already ejected. It, it, oh, they should have the been fish, pulled by that point. It was the, already the game. The fish rots from the head. If you are the if, you, if your head coach leaves the bench, either he's still in contact with the assistants, or the assistants should be taught what to do at, at times like this. Luca does not play at times like this. Well, that's when he got he got hurt in the Denver game because he was in when he shouldn't have been way back at the start of the year. Yeah, when he exactly. got rolled up under. Yeah, like that's like what happens if that, that was just crazy to me. That was, the was, basketball sooner or later the basketball gods are gonna punish you for this. It's 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 idiocy. Tempting fate that, for sure. And it tells you that you know what we me and you suspect is true. He was never a good coach. You think he may have been, gotten better? I don't think people really change. We, we have a difference in that. Well, I mean, so I mentioned this on my podcast this morning. I'm, I don't blame anybody who doesn't listen to my other shows. But basically, Luca gave – Luca and the and the players gave Callie Kaplan a really long – like a lot of quotes about Kid. And they all talked about how much they like playing for him. That's not a good sign. It is, though, because it's a player's league. And they were so sick of Carlisle's shit, and I think we can see that in hindsight. So, I mean, so that yes, that's in comparison to Carlisle. But <laughs> a really, a really great coach, half the team hates him. I'm telling See, you. Yeah, but I think half the team might hate him, which is why he only plays like half the team. <laughs> like Frank Milikina lives in that man's doghouse. Kirk. <laughs> hey, Josh. This is Josh. Yeah. Hey, what's up, man? All right. So, you know, I'm I'm about to be 31 this month. So me you... and my father all go back and forth. He's from the older generation where the coach, like a Phil Jackson type, something sure. like that. A different league. I I go back and forth. I mean, I don't know how many co – the guy in Memphis is doing a great job. What, whatever he's doing, Memphis sure. should not be second-place team in the in the West. I mean, look at the roster. It's, it's, it's impressive work. But – I, I can't Their believe awesome. Akiva, Akiva hates the coaches, uh, pretty much every coach in the league. Not, not true. Not true. All not right. True. What, what <laughs> but I'll tell you something. You're going to laugh at this. I did hate Phil Jackson. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you what I hated. It for. I just like your equal opportunity. This uh, is everyone. I don't know if you, if you were watching at the time. Tony Kukoc, one day, when this is when Jordan uh, took a sabbatical, was not on the team. Tony Kukoc. Uh, Jackson Phil called the last second play, last second shot for Kukac to get the ball. Well, and Pippen sat on the bench. Pippen yeah, sat on in? the bench, refused to go into the game. Kukoc hit, hits the game-winning shot, whatever triple, whatever it was, and 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 you would expect for Pippen to be punished, and at, at the very least, not to play the next game. He started him the next game. Sure. He lost all my respect. I, I know the guy is the greatest winning coach, 
I don't respect you because of that. I'm sorry. Well, but the, the coaching stuff is difficult because with these guys, and this is where I think Josh makes a good point, where these guys are of a different attitude. Now, Luca's not. Luca has been a professional basketball player his whole life. But some of these guys need to be handled a little bit differently, and, and it's that's where we're having different coaches who have different strengths. I mean, we saw it in that game you and I went to against Oklahoma City where you have different guys who do different stuff. But tonight, it's just like this is where I, I mentioned this in the podcast, like, the, the simplest solution to not getting the crap kicked out of you is having more guys who are capable of playing really well. And the Mavericks, you know, they had Brunson and Luca play well tonight, and no one else did. No one. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, on the John Moran thing, I have to say this. This is ridiculous. If Luca's team, if Luca went out for 20 games and they were 18 and Dallas was 18 and 2, all the NBA haters of European. Oh, my God. Of Luca, what would they say? Luca is really overrated. Mm-hmm. He's not any good. They're better off without him. That's what they would say. And I don't care what their schedule was like. Bingo. Eighteen two is unbelievably good. And <laughs> and and, ja, and ja Morant could give you a couple of highlight plays every two or three games on the block and on the on the this. But he cannot do what Luca does every game. He he's really good, but he's not Luca. That that's just the difference. That's he's okay. Not in the sa- he's not in the same neighborhood. Anybody no. who says otherwise, that, and he will never be. He will never it's, be. It's, yeah, he's a six foot. He's a six foot three point guard. Like it's, unless it's, you're shooting like Steph Curry, the size inevitably wears people down. I mean, if, if, so, if, not, if nothing else, Luca is gonna get better, and Morant is not gonna get not gonna catch up to how much Luca is gonna get better. I think there's something to that. Well, did you guys go? You guys went tonight, right? Yeah, we went tonight. We're back. It was great. We stayed at Trump Hotel for you all. You. It's a pretty hotel. I, I've, 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 I've seen it's, it's the old U.S. Postal Service building. It's gorgeous inside. Gorgeous. gorgeous and the and great service. Everybody's friendly. That just how a well managed hotel should be. Only criticism right now. I see there's no 24 hour. Um, or room service, whatever. But go, uh, go go to old go to old Ebbett Grill. It's not too far up the road. Okay, yeah. Oh, I just want to say one thing. <laughs> shout out, shout out down thirty. I'm looking around. I go, is that Brandon Knight? We have Brandon Knight on the Mavericks. Yeah, ten day contract. All washed up lottery picks because we got Brandon Knight, Marquise Chris. I'm I'm liking it. I'm really starting. To... <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you guys no. have fun. Go grab something to eat at uh, Old Ebbett Grill or the Hamilton. Which is also nearby. Okay. This is my, okay. old, my old stomping grounds. They're good spots. All right, you guys be yeah. good. If we get a chance, we'll be will. And the uh, last point, my friend, uh, still Powell and what's his name, uh, the other guy, Cleaver. Uh, you have no chance with them. <laughs> have a have a good one. <laughs> have a good oh, one. Casey KCP is an MVP candidate. Woo! That dude does not like Spencer Dimwitty. Go seek out his post game commentary. He was uh, spitting. He was angry. All right. Have like a good night. Fifty. All right. Thank you. Drew, you're going to take us out of here. What do you got for us? Hey, Kirk, uh, just a couple things. I totally agree with you on Giannis. Uh, yeah, and the scary thing about Giannis is, is there's still some things he doesn't do that well and can get better, and he does work at it and gets better at things. Like he couldn't shoot free throws, and what was he in that 50-point, 21 or 23 oh or some crazy thing like that? But he has got things that just nobody's got. I mean, he's kind of reminds me of that old Billy Jack movie where the guy says, you know, says, I'm going to take this foot and I'm going to put it right upside your head. And there's not a thing you can do about it. I mean, Giannis can do that. I'm going to go by you, take a Euro step and dunk right on you and and nothing you can do about it. 
Yeah. yeah it, it's he's just yeah he's he's awesome. I agree with you there, and I agree with Kiva on on, on John Moran too. I'm I, I'm sorry, but I think they would be killing you, Luca. And I think you do need to kill. I mean, John's a great player and everything like that. But when the team is they're now twenty and two without you in there. You know, you're not the you're not the thing that that did the be all and end all that team. That that's a good team beside without you kind of thing. So uh, it's it's funny. My my buddy Matt, who I like, who I mentioned earlier, he he's actually mm-hmm. on the record saying if if the if the Mavericks are three seed uh, and they happen to advance to the second round against the Grizzlies, that he would place money on the Mavericks to win because he understands that Luca just owns that matchup. Um, it's just it's such a it's it's part of why we love basketball because yeah you know yeah. my, my but, hot take and, and you've watched basketball for a long time I think yeah. had the Mavericks in 2011 had to play those Memphis Grizzlies do you remember the um the power, you talk, uh, not, you're talking about the the grinded with uh, the uh, the Mark Gasol and, and, and Zach and, Randolph and, and Conley and Zach Randolph and that that gritty yeah that group that was just they would just grind you into the dust. You know, that's the way they played. My yeah. take is that at the Ma- – and, and, you know, this is – I think that the Mavericks would have had a harder time with them than any other team in the playoffs if they would have had to play them that year. Sure, because that inside force was just, just mm-hmm. powerful, powerful. Because, like, Tyson was pretty amazing, yeah. but Dirk, is, Dirk was still 32 at that point. Mm-hmm. He was not exactly a, uh, a, right. a rough-and-tumble man in the post. So. No. It's just he, a basketball game of matchups. Yeah, it, it is. And really, I don't think the seeding really matters to me at all for the first round where the seeding matters is the second round. If you can get that third seed and avoid Phoenix until the finals, that's where the seeding kind of matters. And, well, and the, the home seed, the home yeah. part of it is where we're all really because like the Mavericks I agree with the home part. at home. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying whether you play Utah, you know, or actually Golden State's the one I, I would be more afraid of. Utah, Utah uh, or Denver, I think you're fine. The the problem you have with Golden State is, is if those guys get healthy and like I said, those guys don't need a minute. They played a million games together. If they're healthy, man, they, they, they can get right back in the swing of things just almost immediately because they played so many yep. games together throughout the years. That's the one thing that scares me. But but still, I think we lost the number three seed tonight. I hope I'm wrong, but I feel, felt like this was a must game to hold on to that third, third seed. But, you know, like I said, but one thing I'd like to add is one thing I'll disagree with Akiva on is, is, is I think I, I think you guys are giving kid too much of a rough time. I, I think number number one, okay, the results are there. And and you can say a lot of things, I know, because early in the season, they were learning a new system. Once they got the system, since January 1st, I think this team has the second-best record in the league. And you can say, yeah, but once they catch on to what kids do and everything like that, it always goes down. We'll kind of see, because I really think Kid learned a lot from Vogel. Vogel's a, a genius defensive mind in his own self in this game, and I think Kid really learned a lot from that. And I just believe that people can learn things. I, I think this is I a know, different I, kid, I mean- you know. I mainly side with what you're coming from. I have mo- largely walked back a lot of how I felt about Kid from the beginning of the season. I I will say where I am concerned has started to be these last fifty. You know, the the you know you say you you said last night last time we talked that you really like the numbers. The Mavs net rating is 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 through the floor recently. No, you're and right, and it makes me wonder why. Because the defense has gotten worse, and I cannot put my finger on why. Like they, when they get beat, they get destroyed. And 
part of me wants to just throw my hands up and say, okay, you know what? These are, these are off night games. It's allowed to happen. But it's matchups. Yes. Too. And we have to, and this is one thing we can't lose sight of. This team has been great, but this team is not a, uh, does is does is not great personnel wise. I, I'm sorry, yeah. but it, but it but it just isn't. That's another thing for me for a kid who was what he's done with this roster. I mean, Carlisle wasn't even close to doing it, and it wasn't that sure. much different a roster. And 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 in reality, we're doing this with one superstar. Most most of your your big game teams nowadays have a big three or a big two and everything like that. Quite honestly, we got a big one, you know, and then a bunch of role players. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, that, and that's the other side of this equation where it's he's done so much with a roster that couldn't get above like the 15th defensive rating for the past two seasons. And that really does matter. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's why, like, overall, this is a net win for me. It's what we, what these losses do, and I talked about this in the postgame pod with Josh, is just make you go, hmm, are we really quite as good as we think we are? And he went to the cleaning, like I was just kind of rambling on making a statement about, you know, I think this team is probably, you know, they're, they won 48 games. They're, they're cleaning the glass, like, like uh, the point differential based stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mavs have probably like, they're three wins ahead of their expected win total, which yes. that's fun. That's like the difference between two Spencer Dinwiddie game winning shots or not. Like I would much mm-hmm. rather be lucky than good. I don't care. Like I would <laughs> Like, I don't want them to win games. And, you know, I, it, it, I agree, but, but I think right now, I think Kid has held serve to me. Yes. I think the ball is in Nico and Cuban's court now. Yes. They, yes. The, they have to improve the roster. I agree. That's, that's yep. the simple, that's the, e- that's, the easiest that's path to more wins is better players. Well, it, thank it, you, Drew. It truly really is. You got it. All right. All right. Take it easy, Kurt. Yeah, you too. Well, guys. We cleared through everybody, and it's uh, before 10 o'clock. So you guys go have yourselves a, uh, a a better Friday night, a good Saturday. Get some sleep. Wake up Sunday. Drink your coffee. and Get prepared to watch the Bucks. Um, everyone have fun. Thanks for joining. Check out Mavs Moneyball. We got a few things coming up uh, on the site that are you know we don't normally have that much weekend stuff, but I'm I'm looking forward to a couple of pieces that we have going. It's been Kirk Henderson, MavsMoneyball.com, and we will talk to you guys soon. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.